Hey, beautiful people. I'm Sarah, and welcome to my show, Ignited by Inner Beauty, a podcast that is setting the world on fire with body positivity, female empowerment, and self-love. If you need some feel-good vibes and a reminder of just how beautiful you truly are, then you came to the right place. I'm so excited to share what's in store for you today. and welcome to episode 24 of Ignited by Inner Beauty. So today on the show, you'll hear a conversation I had with author Gabrielle. She uh, has written two books so far and is in the middle of writing her third one. Her first book is a psychological thriller novel called The Secret is Out. And this her second book is the sequel entitled Jackson Surviving Emotional Abuse. And we just had a really important conversation. Gabrielle is such an advocate for just uplifting the voices of victims and really talking about abuse in many different forms, how it really affects people throughout their lives. And uh, again, just uplifting the voices of, of victims and um, you know, encouraging people to share their stories as she has done uh, you know, in her fictional books that are um, have really come about through her own story of abuse. And I just absolutely loved speaking with Gabrielle. She had so much to just bring to the table. She is such uh, so filled with inner beauty and it was such uh, just a joy to speak with her and just to see and, and really be inspired by the wonderful work that she is doing and really talking about such an important topic um, and a very hard topic to talk about um, uh, of abuse. So um, thank you so much, Gabrielle, for speaking with me about this. And I really think uh, your story will really be touching. And I, I definitely encourage everyone to check out her books. Um, I have listed all the information uh, for you and her information um, in uh, in the description of this episode. And again, I hope you enjoy our conversation. Well, hi, Gabrielle. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to speaking with you. Why don't you start us off by introducing yourself and telling our audience how you're ignited by inner beauty? Absolutely. First off, I really appreciate you having me. Um, so I'm an author from uh, Ontario, Canada, in, in uh, the edge of Canada, which is uh, Windsor. Um, I write, I have two novels out right now and a third on the way. Um, so I'm inspired by inner beauty because I think that when victims are healing from abuse, it can be such a messy process, but I think that it's so beautiful in, in the growth and how, um, women or men who, who, you know, whoever's a victim can grow. I think that that's like what drives me the most. Um, and a little bit of anger for, um, you know, getting that justice that victims deserve. So that's sort of what drives me. Awesome. I, I love that. That's amazing. And I think that's, that's totally fair. Like there's a lot of righteous justice that can be in anger, you know, like, uh, people can be angry for good reasons. <laughs> and I think that's very fair. So, yeah. And one thing that. that I believe in Canada at least is 
victims of any kind of abuse, whether that's financial, sexual, emotional, physical, any kind of abuse, I think victims in Canada do not get the justice um, that they deserve with our justice system in Canada. So I think that that's what drives me the most to um, speak up for these people and to, you know, bring that awareness that this stuff happens everywhere. Yeah. And tell me more about how you decided to write this book. I mean, it's such a nice way to, I guess, uplift, uh, you know, victims of abuse and, and you talk about that, but was that always something you wanted to write a book or is that just how you wanted to kind of tell a story or get to uh, people uh, through that medium? I've actually never been much of a writer. You can ask my English teachers. It's <laughs> never been anything that has interested me. I've never done it. I've never, I've never even thought about it. And um, the, the funny story about how I decided to write the first book was um, somebody had reached out to me on behalf of my childhood abuser, um, pretty much just dismissing um, anything that I was saying that I was lying to get attention and, and basically dismissing my truth. Um, and saying that I should allow uh, my abuser back in my life. And if I don't, then I'm, I'm a terrible person. So it basically, it, it fueled me because he didn't even want to listen to my side of the story. He didn't even, Whoa. yeah, he didn't even want to listen to my side at all. He just took my abuser's side as that's how the whole story went. So it, it fueled me really that, no, I, I'm going to make my side of the story go out there. I'm, I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to, yeah. I want this to be out. And um, later on that night, I was actually having a little bit too much to drink with a friend of mine. And she was, we were talking about it all. And she was like, you know, you should write a book. People need to know this stuff. <laughs> and, and then I woke up the next day and I started writing and I never stopped until it was done. Wow. That's amazing. I love that. And talk about using that, like, yeah, again, with the anger used in such a productive way <laughs> to tell yeah. your story and to fuel you to uh, write two books. You have, you have two books out. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so the second book, um, it was more so just, you know, uh, emotional abuse is something that's very, very hard to spot. And it's so subtle that People often don't recognize um, emotional abuse or narcissism, and it's very hard mm -hmm. to, to recognize. And when you ask a therapist or a legal representative, define narcissism, the way that they define it is so black and white that it makes it out that narcissism or emotional abuse is something easy to spot, but it's mm -hmm. not. When you listen to a therapist, they'll say, oh, well, this person will be controlling, this person will be... Um, very uh, demanding. They'll separate you from your friends and family. And it's not that obvious. And that's where I wanted to write a book that would be able to explain from start to finish how an emotional manipulator is able to make subtle comments over years to be able to change how your brain thinks. So that's sort of what stemmed from the first book is I had so many victims reach out to me and I was like, you know, like this should be talked about too. Wow. Yeah. That's a, 
that is much more difficult to explain to people, right? It's not just a single scenario or a one story. It's such a buildup of events. And yeah, so it, I think taking the form of a book could explain that so well or really tell that narrative. Yeah, and I feel like um, the second book too, it explains um, CP, CPTSD very well because it's 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 abuse that's strung on through years. It's not one single traumatic event. So that's where I think it, mm -hmm. it gives people that that experience to be able to read and be like, oh, this is how they do it. This is what they say. Because it can be like the tiniest little comment here and there. And then eventually you're like, how did I even get here? Oh my gosh. But yeah. Wow. Um, so tell me about the writing process. Was that, did you feel like very empowered writing it? Was it uh, hard to kind of talk about something so heavy or what was that like for you? It was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do um, as somebody who does have um, CPTSD. I found myself reverting back to my childhood abuse um, I was very, um, like, there was actually one point where I was into a really bad chapter that, because um, a lot of my books are inspired by true events, and there was this one chapter that was just, it hit home so much for me that I actually, like, had to take a step back because my mind, I reverted back to being in my childhood home, and I thought that I was in my childhood home. And it took me like a minute to be able to be like, okay, no, I'm in my house. Like I'm, I'm, you know, older oh now, like I'm not, it was my inner child that was trying so hard to come out through my writing. And I, and I think that that was a really good healing process as well for um, inner child work. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it definitely was very hard. The first book took me a lot longer than the second one, because the first book was absolutely pure, raw emotion. It was, it was very it hit very home to me so it was a lot harder to write wow and and so is the first book and the second book are they you said the second book is about emotional abuse is the first one also or is it um different other types of the abuse? first book more so talks about um like toxic parents mm -hmm. and um grooming which is a term that mm -hmm. I think should be taught in high schools Grooming is, is something that predators do or abu abusers do. It's basically conditioning. They're conditioning your brain to think a certain way that benefits them. So the first book, I show the patterns of grooming and conditioning in a different way than in the second book. But if you read both books, like you read the first one and then the second one, it shows how this young character, Charlie, grew from such a traumatic childhood event but she didn't do any proper healing. So when she got to adulthood, she basically repeated those same patterns with an adult partner because you subconsciously look for your toxic parent in a, in a partner. Wow. Yeah, that's, I'm very excited. I, I definitely want to, I haven't read those books yet, but I, I'm really looking forward to um, just, yeah. I feel like they talk about really heavy topics, but also so important for like a mental health standpoint as well. And like everyone can probably benefit from learning something about that or recognizing these traits. Definitely. I think everybody could benefit from it. I think this stuff should be taught in, in high schools because yeah, this is something that's not recognizable. And it's something that if, if you want to believe it or not, 
it happens so often in so many families that I guarantee you, you know, quite a bit of people that have gone through these same things and, and people never know what to do or what to think when they're either in that situation or they know somebody in that situation. So maybe teaching high school kids that, hey, this is what grooming looks like. This is what a grooming pattern looks like or teaching, hey, this is what an abusive partner does. And when everything seems so great in the beginning, that's called a love bombing phase. Teaching children that type of language or dialect, it may not prevent anything in the future, but at least it will prevent, it, it will prevent some children, but it also gives people that little bit of knowledge that when they're in that situation, there's a higher chance that they're gonna be like, wait a second, this is something that I learned about. This is not okay. And what can I do to be able to bound, like set boundaries and healthy boundaries to protect myself from this toxic person? That's why I think that this stuff should be taught in high schools. And, and unfortunately it's not. So you have all these children that go into adulthood and then they're like, wait a second, what's grooming? I didn't know what grooming was until I was groomed myself. So that's where I think this type of language needs to be brought up in schools. Yeah, absolutely. Not just for themselves, but I'm sure recognizing it with other friends or if you see other people around you going through this and just to, um, you know, support your loved ones in, in that way when you notice these behaviors. Absolutely. I, I definitely agree. Wow. So definitely some heavy topics here. How do you, we talk a lot about self-care. How do you take care of yourself or whether it was during that writing process, really going through a lot of hard times or, or now what, uh, what do you do like, uh, mind, body, spirit, anything to take care of yourself? Yeah. So, um, I work out every day. If I didn't work out, I would probably be very crazy. (laughs) Um, working out to me, I just find it's, it makes me feel good physically. And I find it, it unleashes a lot of that built up tension and that stress. Um, I know people always say, oh, like take a hot bath, take a, you know, but for me, it's, it's more so the more I learn about emotional abuse or narcissism or things like that, I find that that helps me take care of me because I'm understanding that this person is abusive, not because of something that I did. That person is abusive because of something that is wrong with them. So that, that does help me a lot. Take care of myself. I I buy a lot of books about all this stuff and I read and um, I, I read a lot about psychology and stuff from, you know, university books that I buy and, I find that's what really helps me the most apart from working out is learning more on the subject and realizing that abusive people were likely abused somewhere in their childhood, which has made them into the person that they are, or they've had very emotionally immature parents. And once you get to that level where you sort of feel bad for them, but you still have that boundary where you're like, I feel bad for you, but I'm not going to allow you back into my life. That's where you get your power. And I feel that that that's what really helps me the most is separating myself from them on an emotional level. Yeah. I love that kind of taking that power back and, and recognizing it and 
That's wonderful. I have, I'm, I'm very curious to hear what have, so you said a lot of people have reached out to you and, and victims have reached out to you. Have, um, has this been, uh, like what, what has been helpful for them just hearing stories, uh, about this, or, um, I'm curious if, if, um, this was kind of maybe like the first book that they read that really focuses on emotional abuse, or if there's, um, something in particular that you hear that that really strikes them. So as a victim myself, when often victims are left in the dark, everything is hush, hush, sweep under the carpet, don't bring it up. So when somebody's out there and they're like, no, I'm talking about this, this needs to be talked about. And they're aggressive and they're pushing out there is sort of gives victims that little sense of somebody's, somebody's speaking up for us. Somebody is out there looking for us. And I, I think that is what gives them that sense of comfort. Um, So what I've heard the most from the victims that reached out to me is my book is not like most books. And I've read a lot of books that are written by other trauma survivors. And the thing with those books is I find they're talking in a very past tense and they don't actually bring you through the events. And it's more so just like, yeah, this happened to me. Um, I was abused by my father. They don't like go into detail. This is what he did. This is what happened. This is what he said. This is, and that's where my books are a little bit different because I, I start at the beginning and I take readers through every single little event. You know, the parents arguing how the trauma started, then it got really bad. And then the aftermath and then the healing, like it goes directly wow. through everything that when my readers are done reading it, for example, somebody that hasn't gone through trauma, they've read it and they've broken down in tears because they're like, I can't believe people go through this. And it's like, there's people out there that go through much worse. And I find that's what raises the awareness the most is when, because people only seem to care when it happens to them or somebody very close to them. So mm-hmm. my books almost make it happen to you. It brings you through everything and you're, you are Charlie, you're the main character of the book and you are, all that abuse is happening to you as a reader. So I think that's where it really hits home with people and it's different from other books. Um, but more so from the victim standpoint, it's just being heard and a lot of them resonated with my story and they've been through similar events and they've been through similar events with the same people that inspired some of the characters in my book so having somebody that is out there speaking out trying to raise that awareness that's what makes victims feel good and it makes them feel hurt which is what they need wonderful yeah that's um I just want to like acknowledge all the great work that you're doing I'm that's like so wonderful and just to take something uh, so harmful, like somebody invalidating your story and turn it into this, like turn it into these books and have so many people have such a like positive reaction to that and feel seen and heard. It is so wonderful. So I just want to like, thank you for doing that uh, for, thank for you. you know, just to like, in, in terms of such a, um, you know, it really took so many roadblocks and you said it was like a man invalidating you and I all about women being heard and just uplifting your voices um to really like empower others and um to to not be silent about these issues so um just like 
that's wonderful. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you. So, and so I, I'm going to keep going. I'm definitely yeah. going to keep pushing. Um, I think our justice system needs a complete revamp. So that's sort of what I'm going for is um, having that those steps in place with the justice system that these predators or these abusers need some form of punishment, whether that is even public shame or or they need something to be accountable for their actions. So that's sort of what I'm trying to do. Um, Because right now with victims, yeah, they can report it, but often nothing is done. Judges look at abusers and they go, don't do it again. And then when they do it again, they slap a little harder and they go, wait, don't do it again. So that's why so many abusers are not reported because in Canada, nothing happens when they're reported. So that's what I'm going for. I'm going, I'm taking that justice system by, by the arm and I'm saying, let this, something needs to happen. So that's sort of my goal. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's great. So getting into like that legal aspect of it and, and really like fighting for women more, more than just, I mean, visibility is so important into this issue. Um, but yeah, changing the justice system. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) No small, no small feet. (laughs) No. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That's wonderful. Um, so, uh, I, I just, you know, talked a little bit about how so much of the great work that you've done. So what is something that you love most about yourself? Um, I think it's how aggressive I am. I, I know that's odd, but I, oh. I've accomplished a lot in life just from being aggressive. Cause as much as it might be hard to believe I'm a little bit introverted, So for me to put myself out there and be like, hey, listen, it it takes a lot out of me. And sometimes, you know, I need to recharge or, you know, go throw some weights around or something. But I think it's it's mostly just how aggressive I am at at pushing on despite me being uncomfortable with certain things. And um, yeah, so basically just my drive, my my aggressiveness. Yeah, I love it. It's definitely. I, I can like feel that passion that you have behind what you're doing. And it's, um, it's awesome. Just how like it's fueling you to do all of this work and not stopping as you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> not That's stopping. Great. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, how I, I'm curious to see how have like your family or friends or others like reacted to, um, the books that you put out and this kind of journey for you to like writing it and, and getting these responses. So my, my family is very proud. Um, I actually want to give a little bit of a shout out to my sister. Um, she's probably one of my biggest supporters other than my fiance. She reads all my books first. She's the one who goes through them, makes sure that they're all um, edited properly, I guess. So um, huge shout out to her. The rest of my family is super proud, super supportive. Um, the people that have inspired the characters in my book, they're very much haters, but uh, nobody likes, you know, their abusive behavior out in the public. So um, that should be a reflection on themselves, not a reflection Mm -hmm. on me. Um, But I I do have some haters and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with haters, like bring it on. Um, But I do have a large support system. And I think the more books I write that, really resonate with more and more victims, the more supporters I get. And that's all you really need. As long as you're, you're helping somebody out there, I think that's, that's okay. 
Definitely. That's great. So are you planning on writing additional books as well? Yeah. So I have um, my, my third book that's coming out. That one's more of like a scary book, but I, I do tag on to um, some abusive topics. Um, it's actually based on a story that I heard about uh, a family in my hometown growing up and what the children were going through. Um, so it still is, you know, the, the abuse aspects are still in there. I just, um, I had a lot of my readers, they liked my horror side, like my little scary, oh, like dreams that I would yeah. write about. So I'm trying to tap into that a little bit more. And I've started another series actually, um, that's going to be two books. Uh, and that one, I, I don't talk about abuse in that one is purely scary. Um, but I do have some other stories that I'm planning on writing, like the list goes on. I just haven't started them yet. Um, I work full time and part time. So wow. I write after my son goes to bed usually. Oh, but wow. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> but yeah. wonderful. <laughs> Lots of topics to write about and um, excited to, to stay tuned for all those. Um, and something you said earlier was really, um, I, I liked how I don't think you use the word like boundary, but just setting those boundaries between people um, who you said like haters or whatever, like you're doing your own thing and you don't need to like that person was saying you need to like stay connected or whatever it was like to an abuser or like um, I just I feel like I've heard that a lot from people as like definitely a, a, a mental health um, or like well-being um, practice of like setting boundaries of like having your good supportive circle around you. Um, so I really liked how you kind of brought in that aspect to what you're doing as well. Well, the, the biggest boundary that I see people often struggling with is realizing what's on their plate and what is on somebody else. What's on their plate. What is my responsibility and what is their responsibility? So other people's abusive behavior is not my fault. And just because other victims are talking about it and talking about their truth, that's not the victim's fault. And that's where a lot of victims, and I did it myself, they, they make it their fault. They're like, oh, well, they're mad because I'm talking about, they're mad at my reaction to their abuse. Mm. But no, 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 back it up. If, right. if, if you're an abusive person and you don't want people knowing about your abusive stuff, don't abuse people. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't want people to think you're a crappy person. Don't abuse people. It's that simple. And a lot of abusers, you know, they, they have that mentality of, I can, I can do whatever I want. It doesn't matter who I hurt and I can say what I want, but as victims, we need to look and go, that's on their plate. If they're angry about, you know, people knowing who they truly are, that's their, that's their thing. Cause if they didn't want people to know how abusive they were, they wouldn't be abusive. Mm -hmm. That's not my, I'm speaking my truth. So that's where that's a boundary right there. When you're setting that and saying that, that meat and potatoes is on your plate. I'm eating yeah. my vegetables, you know, Love like it. when you're yep. setting that boundary and realizing what is their responsibility and what is yours. Mm. Um, that's, that's what I was referring to with setting that strong boundary. Yes. And that's, that's something that a lot of victims really struggle with. Yeah. Takes away that guilt that they, sh that's not in its rightful place, right? <laughs> that's not your yeah. guilt to hold on to, or as I like to say a lot, it's, that's a you problem, not a me problem. <laughs> yes. That sounds like a you problem. Yeah. <laughs> But um, 
That's so great. Um, so I like, I like to ask this of people who have been on the show as well. What is a time when you recently felt beautiful, just felt good. You felt empowered. You felt, um, good on the inside or out. I, I actually sort of feel like that every day. Um, whether I, you know, have makeup on or my hair done, or I'm in big baggy sweatpants and a big baggy sweater. Um, I look at my son often, you know, and not just look at him physically. I look at him and he's such a beautiful person and he's so, he's very strong willed. <laughs> he's like me. Um, and I, I just, when I see him and I see the fact that I, you know, I brought him into this world, it's, that's when I feel like proud of myself because he's such a good person. So I know like as a mom, like I must be doing something right if he is the way that he is. So that's sort of what hits the most home for me. That's why I don't think it really matters what I look like. I actually just found my first gray hair yesterday. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Aging is a wonderful thing. It's a, it's a beautiful yeah. thing we get. <laughs> and you know, I, th I think it's just more so the, the lives that I've helped and, and the lives that my son is going to help because I think my son is, you know, going to do great things when he's older. And I think that's what sort of makes me feel the most proud of myself, I guess. Yeah. I love that. It's such a strong feeling and I love how you feel it like often, yeah. like looking at, you know, looking at your loved ones and looking at your son. Oh, that's so touching. Um, well, wonderful. Thank you so much for talking about all of this. I would love to uh, just end it opening up to any last thoughts you'd like our um, listeners to hear. And also um, uh, any, any last words or things, messages you want to send across to um, people who may be victims listening to this. Yeah. Um, all I'm going to say, and I'm going to be very, very passionate about this. If you're a victim out there, please speak up. Please tell people your story. Don't be ashamed. We need to start yelling this stuff from the mountaintops because abusers, whether that's physical, sexual, emotional, which is a huge thing. There's a lot of emotionally manipulative people out there. The more we talk about this and the more we all come together and say, no, this is a problem. The more government officials, the more justice system officials, the more people are going to listen. So if you're a victim of any kind of abuse, I beg you to please just say your story as raw as you can be, speak your truth and, and go back to what I was saying before and set those boundaries. What is your responsibility? What is somebody else's? Um, how somebody abused you is not your fault. And I know everyone says that, but it is not your fault at all. You did nothing wrong. That person has issues. Love it. Yes. Again, for the people in the back, <laughs> shout <laughs> it from the rooftops. I love it. Um, and where can people uh, find your books? Yeah, you. so my books are on um, the easiest form, I guess, is Amazon. Um, you can get them at some of the local bookshops like here in Windsor, but the easiest place is right on Amazon and it comes in like two business days. So it's super easy. Wonderful. 
All right. Well, thank you so much, Gabrielle. This was amazing talking to you. I like love hearing your passion and um, just that inner beauty shining through of like that drive to really make a change in the different and change in the world for, um, you know, for victims out there and have your, their stories um, and your story be told. So thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. And I know our, our listeners are going to love uh, hearing this and um, encourage them to, to read your books as well. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was like, this was a fun podcast. I really enjoyed this. So I, I thank you for taking the time to uh, ask the questions you did. I think we really made a difference today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of Ignited by Inner Beauty. I hope this episode served as a reminder of just how beautiful and worthy you are. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe, provide a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and share this episode with a friend. For more information about Ignited by Inner Beauty, please go to ignitedbyinnerbeauty.com and sign up for my email list to keep up to date on new blog posts and podcast episodes. If you'd like to support my mission of empowering women, you can go to patreon.com slash ignitedbyinnerbeauty and receive some exclusive content and giveaways. If you're not already following me on social media, please follow me on Instagram at Ignited by Inner Beauty and Twitter at Ignited Beauty. Thank you again for joining me and please tune in for the next episode.